So here we are. We're recording a thing. So this is sound only, I guess, and that's part of the yeah, idea. Yeah, that's part of the uh, joy of it. Okay, okay. So well, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I, you know, I'm kind of an audio guy. I don't look good anymore. Um, <laughs> I canceled my looks. They wore out. Yeah, I did. I did. I don't. You unsubscribed? I, I unsubscribed from my youth. And for my middle age as well, you know. And, and, Are you uh, sure? I mean, yeah. middle, middle age may turn out to be something uh, more elongated than we. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, anticipated. At, at all ages, young people are younger than you are, right? And then, um, you know, one of the good things is that, um, you know, our voices haven't gone. I mean, we don't sound a fuck different than we did at age 22, except maybe you know, a bit more worn out or deep or just something else like that. But I, I, when I listen to old recordings of me, I think, oh, shit, I don't sound any different. So, um, you know, that's a good thing. So uh, what's going on? Uh, among the things I could talk about? Um, uh, the... Yeah, no, the, the things you can't <laughs> talk about. We'll start there. Well, I'll be going to... I'll be going this vacuum cleaner in the other room. Um, there's also a human with it, which is always better. Um, anyway, the, yeah, we're going to India in a couple of weeks. So I've never been there. Um, you caught me working on my visa application for India, which is bureaucratic in the extreme and um, uh, requires things like send a, a very specifically low def image of your passport and your business card and um, other documents and then sends you a note saying that's too low def um, it's <laughs> sent it again and then you go to the page where you're going to send it again and it says you've been approved um, but make sure by clicking on this page and then you click on that page and it says um, uh, this is insecure it doesn't have a certificate don't go here so that's where I am right now so that's what I was. That's what I was doing when you called. So how do you get out of that loop? I don't know. If after we're off the after we're off this, we'll uh, I'll go back into that loop, and hope it's, um, you know, it spirals into something. So that's, you've been uh, uh, you've been overseas uh, recently, correct? Yeah. <laughs> now you can never get over the seas, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I was in, I was in uh, in Deutschland. Where I practiced my fifty-some-year-old uh, 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 German, which is interesting because I listen more closely in a language I don't—I barely know—than I ever listen in English, just so I could pick up some of it. Whereas in English, I ignore almost all of it, yeah. <laughs> and probably pick up about as much. So that's that's what my wife says. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's. I, I think there's. She there's something just to default that. assumes that I'm not listening. Yeah, well, I think that's a that's a bit of a guy thing. Um, I think, oh, and I think there's. I think it's grossly unfair. I think it's grossly unfair and probably true. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, it's it's like that. There's, um, you know, there's a. a you, have you seen uh, defending the caveman? Uh, no, uh, what is that? Oh, it's a great one man show by getting Rob Becker, Rob something. It was actually about 20-some years ago, and it turned into a traveling show with, like, five different actors performing as this guy. 
and it's all about how he um, uh, at a party he was asked by some woman why are men assholes he didn't have an answer and uh, consulted his inner caveman and came back with the answer which is that men are still hunters and women are still gatherers and um, uh, what men do, and as he wrote this, of course, in, in like the early 90s, you know, that what men do is they hunt down television channels and kill them off with a remote control. And what women do are gather details and, and, uh, and it could contrast shopping, you know, like a, a, you know, a man goes shopping and it's hunting. You, you go what you, you go into the store with a credit card, you kill something with a credit card and drag it out. And what a woman does is goes in and collects details and, uh, and guys go crazy because there's, does there appears to be no gold there. Anyway, it goes on like that, but it's, but, but a part of it is about listening, you know, and, you know, which is, uh, and Larry Miller has a good one on that, which is that, um, the comedian, the comedian, but before he was an actor, he was a good comedian. And, um, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, he, I was just remembering one scene he did uh, in Waiting for Guffman. No, no, it was, oh, it was um, Best in Show, where he plays this cop that's supposed to talk guys. His whole job is talking people out of jumping. And he says, well, no, they all jump. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they all jump. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, in, in one of his comedy acts, he talks about how you know, a man lis listening to a woman at a, you know, like they're both talking at a restaurant is like somebody trying to tune in a shortwave channel you know, from <laughs> far away and you hear static and you hear little beeping sounds. <laughs> That's all you're getting. You're not getting the rest of what she's saying because <laughs> he can't, he's not equipped to listen to that. And I think unfortunately there's some truth to that too, but that, you know, Anyway, but I, I, I did collect some facts, which is, you know, that um, we were delayed in Germany by a bunch of stuff and um, had to stay there a few extra weeks and it involved no legal hijinks, but it was a health thing. And um, uh, not mine, but that narrows it down a little bit uh, to some of the stuff I can't talk about. But anyway, everything will be fine. Um, but uh, so where is it? We're in the things that we can't talk about. Well, I, you know, here's well, here's the thing that that we probably can talk about, and then we'll get corrected on, which is that um, in Germany, air conditioning is considered um, a health hazard, maybe or something like that. Uh, that people tend to avoid air conditioning, um, and uh, and also ice. Like ice is an American thing in general, anyway. I mean, uh, if you're in a Lufthansa flight. And you ask for ice, you're not going to get it. They don't have it. You know, maybe they have it in first class so they can put some put it on in some drinks or something. But if you're flying steerage, you're not going to get ice. It, it's like, and that's all I want because I want the I, I have the window seat, and I don't want to pee on the flight. It was a seven hour flight. I want to sit in one seat and not move. And um, so I just ask for ice, and it melts slowly enough so that I can kind of dose my hydration through the whole flight. And um, and in the U.S., this works fine, uh, but if you're in Europe, uh, forget it. You're not getting the ice. Uh, it's just like they don't do that. It's like, no, sorry. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you just asked for, um, you know, a, a lump of coal or, or for a hickey or some other thing. You can't, it's just, you can't like, get a, a special ticket for ice class? No, no, no. That's a, that's a 
Well, I should suggest that. That's an idea. That's an idea. You know, you know. Once customers are in charge of things, then then we'll have that. But until and then, then, maybe bundling. Uh, you could bundle Wi-Fi and ice. <laughs> That's a thought. That's a thought. You can, you know, you can get the Wi-Fi that doesn't work in the ice. I mean, I asked, actually, what did I get? I got something. Oh, it was a T-Mobile thing. I, I think it was T-Mobile where I got this slightly better, less sphinctered data plan for Europe. Because um, T-Mobile has this nice thing where you get data anywhere in the world, except it's slow. And slow doesn't cover it. It's like almost not there. Um, it's just fast enough so that you stand there on the corner waiting for Google Maps to come up and in the fullness of time, uh, it might. And and you could get a slightly faster one. And it's an unlimited data thing, but it's really sphinctered. And, uh, but it comes with free go-go in-flight on planes. And that's pretty much the only supplier of internet on planes. And I've try to find where I can locate that deal in an email or something to see how I register for that, but I couldn't find it. So I wasn't yeah, able but, to use it on last flight. You may not that was a bundle. That was a bundle, but you know. You might not be able to use it. Uh, uh, my bet is, is that on some airlines, uh, they will just kick you to the regular go-go screen and say, no, sorry, you have to. We don't yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking is that they, you know, probably United, which is pretty much all I fly most of the time, um, uh, because they have privileges with them. They're shrinking, but they're still there. Uh, um, you know, I looked at it. I looked at the United app and I thought, OK, there is there a thing here that says click here if you have a coupon or a deal. But I didn't see it. So I think you're right. I think that's. Uh, an unintentional bait and switch, but I don't know. I mean, when some, if T-Mobile listens to this, they'll say, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. But I don't think they're listening. Well, so. I'll be impressed if to this. I'll be, I'll be, I, I have to say, on the whole, I have, and I have to find that hole. It's a deep one. Um, I'm not unimpressed by T-Mobile service. Generally, it's been pretty good. And so... And they, and they seem to be improving their coverage in the U.S. a lot. So places that I couldn't get it before, I found I'm able to get it, like North Carolina. Um, I don't know whether central Ohio, where my kid's college is, is going to work yet. It, it's, it was completely off when I was there last, but maybe they've got that now. I don't know. But generally, they've been pretty good, you know, as, as you know, and a by constitution uncaring mobile phone company tends to be so uh back to bundling so what do you <laughs> what do you think is uh you know, you know obviously we're going through this huge uh, streaming transition uh or at least that's the way i look at it uh in terms of streaming taking over from so-called uh, traditional media. Yeah, streaming and podcasting. It's basically either it's live streaming or it's stored forward and combinations of those two. And you either either it's subscription or it's free. You know, this is going to be one or the other. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's no... I mean, I used to... I still do. I mean, and, and it's almost like I have... I carry slippers with me or something. I actually don't, but I'm thinking of something to compare it to. I have a radio, a little radio that I take with me everywhere I go. And just so I have one, 
just so I can sort of, you know, because it's part of me that still wants to hear radio, still wants to hear something comes over the air. When you and, turn it on, is there anything actually on? In Germany, the AM band is stone silence. It's hiss from one end to the other, mm. except at night when the station starts skipping in from elsewhere. They kind of bounce off the sky. Clear and, channel. What's that? Clear channel. Yeah, in, in the clear channel way. In the U.S., they had clear channels, um, but... In Europe, they just have a bunch of big stations, much bigger than the clear ones that used to be in the U.S., but or still are. But they're just except the channels are cluttered now. But the I mean, you, you'll hear, you know, something from North Africa and something from from the U.K. There are a couple stations in the U.K. that maybe three or four that I know you can get um, the the BBC one, you know, two, three, and four, or two and four that you used to hear on AM, which they call medium wave. There are are audible in Germany and um, you know, they come in fairly well at night, but, but basically Germany has given up on AM and they're moving FM to digital, um, which is not on channel, what they call IBOC in band on channel in the U S which is, I mean, we have something called HD here. They don't have it there. Can you explain nope. any of that? Cause uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so in the U.S., um, the U.S. is doing everything it can to preserve 1920 through 1960-something radio, which is AM and FM. That's what they want to preserve. And, and it's because there's so many commercial interests that are vested in it. Um, in Europe and in most of the rest of the world, they're saying, you know what? It's all going digital. So um, in addition to streams and podcasts, um, we're going to have digital stations. All you know, the main stations you had already are going to be on a new digital band, and um, and the cars have it. Um, so if you're listening to, um, you know, Bavarian uh, radio, that's that's what we were listening to. This one called, oh fuck, I forget the name of it, but it's a Bavarian sound something, and we we actually rented, or as they say, they're hired a really nice BMW to drive about. 400 kilometers on the Autobahn and it was really interesting to listen to the radio because it was I got to listen to this digital shit in addition to, to FM there is no AM it's not there I mean don't even bother looking for it it's not there um, but FM and digital are there and there's more on digital than there is on FM and you tend not to lose it because it's cellular it's just handing off from one tower to another to another to another you never know um, what you're connected to there's no there's no such thing as coverage and range. It's just like there or not there. Hmm. And, um, and the stations tend to be national. You'll get them in Germany. But here's the thing. Germany has its system and France has its system and the UK has its system and Norway has its system. And you rent these things. I mean, you, you kind of pay a license or something. You're not getting it uh, on an ordinary radio, which means the radio I carry around with me is useless over there. It will be useless pretty soon. And in Norway, they got rid of all of AM and all of FM. Neither one of them are there anymore. There's only their own special digital thing. Hmm. And I think that's even pointless because you can get everything on your phone anyway. So why not just let the cellular system bring it to you? Because all of the almost all new cars have a cellular receiver in them. You don't know who they're connected to, but they're... Now I use I use uh, Sirius XM. Which I, I have in my, in my car. I have that too. It's different. And totally. I also can yeah. uh, get a. Uh, I can get it on my uh, phone as well. 
Yeah, and I and I use it more on my phone than we do in the car because we have an aftermarket thing in the car, and it's it's a piece of shit and it's a pain in the ass to hook up. So so we don't, and so we have. Um, but I but I can just plug in the phone, and the phone does a great job, you know. And actually, with music, the the phone does a better job because, and I don't know how it does this, but if you're on a music channel like say the bridge or deep tracks um and you see a song i mean you, you want to go there it'll start the song at the beginning whereas if you're on the radio one um it's not there at all right so um you know it just it just picks it up where wherever wherever you are in the middle of a song it's more like real radio that way or old-fashioned radio so i'm not sure i understand how does it pick up okay so doing? so so let's say you have so okay here's here's how it works so you have the radio and your phone next to each other okay like you've got the radio in your car and you've got the phone in your hand and um uh neil young's uh, after the gold rush is showing on the radio and is halfway through you know um you know and I see the silver knights in armor, whatever, you know, and he's doing his thing. And then you try it on the phone and it'll start it right from the beginning. It'll go right to the beginning. Is of the that song. just because it's a delay or is there some reason? No, it, I, I, it's, not, it's not even a delay. I think it is a kind of a delay. It's just, it's just buffering, whatever, waiting. It, it just assumes if you're, it's because they can't, you know, it's like with technology, what can be done will be done. And so they figured out, you know what? I think people would, okay, so thank you. Okay, Friday. Okay, next Friday. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. That's our uh, cleaning lady here. Um, anyway, um, uh, I, I I think the way it works is that you, um, you know, they assume that you know people would like to hear a song from the beginning, and if they can give it to you from the beginning, they'll do it because they're just calling it up from a library. They're just calling it up from a file. So they could do a better job with that. And so it's, you know, I mean, so like my son and his buddy were doing some work in the kitchen yesterday and, and my son was noting that he actually pointed it out to me. He says, isn't this cool? Look, I'm on fifties on five and I could go to sixties on six and whatever they're, they've got, whatever they say they have, there, like, you know, the Supremes, where did our love go? You hit it and it'll take it right from the beginning. In every case, you can't make it not take the song from the beginning. Um, and that's kind of cool. I mean, it is sort of interesting to me because that means that the the radio version, which is listening to a satellite flying overhead, um, is not as good as the as the app version, which is giving it to you from a set of servers somewhere over a cellular connection. And uh, I mean, the, the main advantage actually for Serious is like when we went to see the eclipse in the middle of Wyoming, there's just like zero cell coverage, but you know, the satellite radio is right there because you know, the satellite is you know out in space and space can see the whole country. And it, you know, whereas the cellular system you has its limits, but in most cases, you know, here in the city, whatever city you're in, it's going to work fine and it works fine overseas. That's another thing. I mean, Sirius satellites are not overhead in europe and they're not overhead in india they're not overhead in australia but you can listen on your phone just fine not a problem it doesn't it actually then you need uh, you know broadband yeah you, you need broadband absolutely and, and you also need in some cases i don't know why you need a vpn so 
we use we use a VPN a lot when we're over there because thanks to the new general data protection regulation and the inability of companies to understand its spirit and not its neither its spirit nor its letter uh, the American uh, the American service providers or whatever they are including websites and say oh we're we're turning oh you're coming from Europe we're turning this off because we don't understand our privacy requirements um, so that's another thing so you just VPN to somewhere in the US so that's but but the weird thing is that sometimes Sirius is like that and sometimes it's not and I'm not sure even how that what the difference is but it helps to have the VPN because you can just get the phone to pretend pretend that it's or the iPad or whatever you're using your Android and pretend it's in Chicago or Atlanta or LA and uh, it'll work so uh, is there going to be some sort of unification of this I mean, the, the way you described the digital thing, yeah. you have to have a different radio for each country in Europe. Right. Yeah. No, that's not going to ever get fixed. That's fucked. That, that's, I mean, in fact, the fact that they're even bothering is, is itself kind of fucked. I mean, what they should have in the cars is, okay, we have a cellular connection and we're just going to give you, here's your 40 stations that you like and that are the all German stations that, you know, get licensed to do whatever it is they do. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, and and they'll show up on the radio on your dashboard, but you're getting them over cellular connection. I think that's the way it goes in the, in the long run because I think that's the most efficient way so to the, do it. The lock-in is the hardware rather than the transmitter. Yeah, right now the lock-in is the hardware. Yeah, right now they have. I think I don't. I don't think every country thinks they're locking you in, but a lot of countries like the UK make money you know the country itself makes money on radios you license a radio you pay for every radio you have and a funny thing with that is it used to be like if you wanted like the bbc iplayer is a terrific app that plays all the bbc stations it plays you know all the local stations it plays all the regional stations it plays the national stations and there are dozens of those and uh and it does a great job and it has a really good user interface and it used to be it only worked in the uk and uh and i think because they just did the location thing they looked at whatever ip address you're coming in with but now it works everywhere i've used it in the world it doesn't seem to have it just doesn't block anybody out so i guess for people who are listening to streams and those are all streams mostly i think you can also listen to some on demand but i haven't tried um that they are just kind of giving up on trying to collect money for that, like they collected money for radio, um, for for radios, um, and I think. But you know how how every country does it. Um, I think just go to Wikipedia and look up digital radio uh, and see how it works. You know, it's kind of like TV is that way too. I mean, TV has long been that way. That the bands they use, the frequency bands they use, uh, are different. You, I mean, even way back, if you got a portable TV with, that was made in Japan for use in Japan, it's not going to work in the U.S. because the bands are different, the channels are different, and uh, you know, and they were on the same system we were on. It was called NTSC, and uh, now almost everybody uses the same digital system, but the bands they're on are all different. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's that, and then there's that's podcasting. Yeah, and podcasting is going crazy. Here we are. What does yeah. that mean? I, I think it means that um, it's 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 normal now. I mean, people know what podcasts are. the The only problem with them is that they haven't been the way to listen has not been standardized. It just hasn't. 
you know, everybody's got a shitty user interface as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I love some of the people behind them. Um, I love Radio Public and what they're doing uh, and PRX, which is their uh, sister organization and Radiotopia, which is another sister organization. Um, and they're very adaptive and smart and good, but Apple's is awful. And Apple is the one, you know, that I'm sort of like, that's my legacy podcast listening thing, but I've got, they keep changing the user interface and it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, what's where when they showed up and lots are missing. And there's a giant library of these things that are on my computer and when does it sync and how does it sync and what does the blue dot mean? And what does the cloud mean? And, uh, all that shit. It's all compli- it's too complicated. And then overcast, I think it is a downcast. They're different and they, they're simpler, but they work differently. There's no common way to use them. Um, but I think we'll work that out. I think in the long run, that works out, you know, and, uh, and you probably aren't going to want to hear this, but it works on RSS. And I think, you know, it's one of the ways that RSS really succeeded. Well, I mean, still the don't. reason that I'm doing this, uh, uh, version of uh, of the gang is because uh, I get a RSS channel for free. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, RSS works. So, and this is one of the you know ways that it does. Uh, but um, you know, but but I think one of the one of the appeals of podcasts is that you get to listen on your own time. I mean, it's it's. You know, they've got a library of things, uh, you know, that you can access that and, and listen to in your own way, in your own time, where with over the air broadcast, it's, it's not only on their time, but over the air broadcast tends to f- start on the assumption that we need to fill up the air with shit. With, with some of it's good, some of it's not, but you've got, you have a station, a thing called a station. It's like a place and you, and it has to be on. It's 24 seven. You you know, come on in, you're welcome. It's always open. And, and there's somebody always talking or somebody always playing something. And I think that made sense in an age, but it doesn't anymore. I think that's one of the problems that radio has. Is yeah, that, you, the concept of filling time. Yeah, you're filling time and it sounds like it. And, and it's so, I mean, if you, there's some things that, you know, it's a, are, oh God, they're so annoying. Like I like sports and I listen to sports it depends on depends on the time but i i do care about um um uh basketball and uh are you still there there was a noise that happened on the call yeah i've heard about yeah. these noises but they on the end no of i think it's just like, it's just a yeah yeah well and, you know it's like you know how when you're listening to something like you're listening to a podcast and and then you're you know you get a notification on your phone and it kind of gets dim and you know the sound goes down and comes back well and uh, anyway, the the uh, with sports, I mean, they know you're interested, and so they drag you through a lot of advertising, just a huge amount of advertising, and uh, it's a pain in the ass. And on podcasts, and some podcasts, you can skip over it. You know, you're okay. Here comes the ad. I'm gonna hit the little circle with the 15 in it, so I move forward 15 seconds at a time, and I'm not gonna hear the ad. Um, and in the long run, that becomes a problem for things that are ad-supported because I think people just don't want it and they never wanted it. And now they have a way to not not put up with it. And that's going to drive subscriptions. Yeah, but, you know, it's the the value for, the, you know, sponsorship effectively is alignment. You know, it is, absolutely. The company is basically yeah. saying, uh, I, you know, these guys uh, 
are worth supporting. And, yeah. And, and that's a value on both ends. So, so let me tell you about this. So I was at not one, but two separate, you know, one of those events that were, you know, Chatham House rules, which means you can talk about what happened there, but not who said it. Um, one was on the West Coast, one was on the East Coast. Both of them were about saving um, journalism, one way or another. And what was clear at both of them is that the one journalistic entity that not only had the trust of people, but actually had a viable business model and is thriving is public radio. Um, yeah, only 10% of people pay. Maybe it's a little more now. Um, they're subscribing, as it were. It's voluntary. People don't have to subscribe, but they think it's value, valuable. And they have, it, and they have um, uh, sponsorships. And the sponsorships are, as you put it, in alignment. You know, they're, they're I mean, obviously, you know, if something is sponsored by TIAA, whatever that is, um, uh, you know, this is what I can think of, but, you know, that, uh, you know, or some restaurant or something, you know, that they know, I mean, they're looking for, it's an ad for them, but at the same time, you know, it is an alignment. They're supporting the station. And, and I think listeners will put up with that and maybe at best feel some small degree of kinship with it. Um, the exceptions being that, you know, there are, there are some that are pure PR, you know, we're a shitty company, so we're going to, you know, sugarcoat it by sponsoring public radio. But um, I think in most cases, it's not like that. It's actually a decent company that wants to be associated with something that's positive. That was a standout discovery. I mean, I used to, you know, deal a lot with public radio years ago and, and there was lots of whining about, well, never going to go, all going to go out of business. Everything's terrible. And at these things, it was like, no, oh, no, man, we're cool. We're doing great. We're doing great. What a great time for us. And we're, and they're expanding into podcasts. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're just, they're just rocking with podcasts. The, well, I, I think the whole thing is uh, uh, actually already inverted, but people don't really realize it mm -hmm. yet. The, the value is on the part of the contribution of the listener. Yeah. Because oh, I agree. That's a good point. That's a really good point. You know, and, and how you gather a group of engaged, uh, you know, thinking, uh, interacting uh, in real time, whether or not it's a live show or uh, on demand is really irrelevant. It's like when they say that, you know, the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, it, it's it was recorded live in, in front of an audience. Right, right. Yeah, and it came off that way, and you could feel it. And um, so, so a, a really good example of um, how that can work is Chris Lydon's podcast. He was exactly. He was one of the very first ones. I mean, back well, when well, Dave Weiner know. posted something about a month ago that yeah talked uh, about the first three uh, podcasts, and he said the first one was uh, Doug K. By the way, Doug K, if you're listening, uh, I hope yeah, you're feeling better. I hope he's getting better. I did see, I did see his I neck saw a brace picture of him standing up. So I, I yeah, mean, I that's think good. That's what an awful with his wife. Yeah, no, yeah, no uh, really and the second one was some guy named Steve Gilmore. I heard of him. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Is, I, is he Dan's brother? I'm not sure. Is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, How is it spelled? <laughs> with three E's. <laughs> three E's. <laughs> 
they're all silent. They're all silent. Minus seven. <laughs> and uh, and then the third one was Chris Lydon. Now I yeah. the way that's what Dave Weiner says. Now uh, I think that Chris Lydon was the first actually. Well, you know, there, because he was in a different medium, but uh, yeah, he, he had invented what podcasting sounds like. In that, he, he invented it in a big way, and I, I think that, in in many ways, Chris was the the public broadcaster who was best adapted all before it ever started to 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 uh, to podcasting, and it was just a wonderful coincidence that he and Dave were both at you know in Cambridge at the same time and, and Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Dave was a fellow at the Berkman Center, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if Chris was or not. I, but I, but, but Chris was around, um, and that's what mattered because they found each other and and bonded over the poss possibilities of podcasting, and 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 Dave got Chris to start, and Chris got some really good ones in there, like with William F. Buckley before he died, and some other notable people, and but Chris's podcast he does now which is also on the radio in boston radio open source um uh is very listener interactive I mean, it's not live on the air that i mean that it's doing that but but the what what's written for every podcast on the website is really good and then the listener and the reader involvement i guess at that point it's both um uh is very good and and it's you know there's a lot of it's you know it's 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 very convivial in a in a good way. I mean it's not just like I mean it, there's a kind of faux conviviality that you get with say a lot of the sports broadcasts that are also podcasts, which is we're filling time and we're telling bad jokes to each other and we're laughing a little too hard and and that kind of shit. You know. Yeah, well, the bad jokes. I mean, you know, give me a break. Yeah. Well, exactly. It, it's not like they're easy to do. <laughs> no, no, no. And that, I mean, there was an art to that. I mean, that's, it's like the art of the segue. I mean, that, that was back in the, the brief days that it did disc jockeying, you know, being able to put songs together. So one blended into the other, or one, you know, mm -hmm. abutted the other, or you talked over the, the intro to, they called it smacking the lyrics. So you'd talk up right to the moment when the, when the uh, when you know the singer's voice came on, um, if there was a instrumental intro, um, that was a real art to that. I mean, and, and it was an admirable art, and it's just lost. You know, it's it's like it's like it's like paper map making at this point. It's like it's like well, you know, we've we've got them in our phones. I don't need a paper map anymore. You know, and and there are some big advantages to that, but it's over. So it's kind of like that as well. Well, trying to get back to the sort of bundling idea, uh, it seems to me that if you bundle uh, engaged audiences, uh, that, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think Trump has uh, proven uh, very adept. Oh, God. He's uh, amazing. At, you know, at sort of cultivating his, what they call the base, which uh, I think is a, a good pun. And you know, you know, yeah, I, I believe Al Qaeda means the base in Arabic. I just thought I'd bring that up. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, he's incredible at that. I, he's really, really good. I mean, they, on on the other side, they call it a dog whistle and stuff like that. But I actually.
as sort of insufferable as he, I, I, I think Scott Adams is almost as insufferable as, as a explainer of Trump as he is funny as a, as a cartoonist. I think he's one of the best cartoonists who ever walked the earth. Right. And but he, he's he really, talk about really, Trump. Oh my God. He explains Trump. Totally. He's got a, he's got a, a book out. Um, I mean, first of all, he accurately predicted long before Trump got elected that Trump was on a, as he put it, a glide path. I mean, they said Trump was on a glide path back when Trump was still knocking off other, other um, candidates. And so, um, you know, after the election, he came out with a book I'm holding in my hand right now, Win Bigly, Persuasion in a World Where Facts Don't Matter, where he can't resist saying he's a trained hypnotist about every five paragraphs, but that aside, is he, he a does a really good job of explaining how Trump works, which is, you know, where where the Democrats will talk wonky shit and 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 not agree with each other. He says stuff that is absolutely pal. It, even if you don't like him, you know what the fuck he's saying. And if he's wrong, it doesn't matter. You know, he's he's got he's he's got your attention. And and my corollary for that is that. And this is a journalistic one. Um, Did you say coronary you know, or corollary? Cor- corollary, like you know, you have a you have a corollary. It's like a synonym for a heart attack. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, it's it's a corresponding um, truth, uh, that, which is that it wasn't the real question. I know, and, I mean, that was damn it. That was a real answer, <laughs> and it was not even a good joke. So it's sort of like that thing you, you said about bad jokes Appreciate earlier. It. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, uh, but so if you're a journalist, your assignment editor or your managing editor, whoever you're working for, will have these same three words. These have been uttered a zillion times. What, what's the story? What's the story? Is there a story here? What's the story? All stories have three elements. One is a character, and the character could be a cause. It could be anything. It could be a human character is best, but it's maybe your team. Um, it could be your party. It could be anything but i mean as long as there's a character something you can identify with something that has um a personality you might say um something that makes it interesting and then you have a conflict you have you have something that has you turning the page without conflict there's nothing that interesting there's a problem it's and the third thing is is moving toward a resolution and that's what makes a story now this actually is a flaw in journalism but it's also a feature of the human mind i mean we are interested in stories and if it's if we don't have a character, um, you you're not going to care. And if it's not a problem, you're probably not going to care either because it's just laying there. And if it's not moving toward a resolution, you know, if your team is up by fifty points and there's only two minutes left, the the problem in your story is getting out of the parking lot. It's not watching the end of this thing anymore because it's over. So Trump is all character, and he generates his own problems all the time and he's always moving toward a resolution whether you know what the fuck it is or not and not knowing what the fuck it is makes it more interesting that's and and the thing is that journalism loves this shit that's why his opponents just i mean this sustains msnbc it sustains cnn yeah but this is where you know this is where the you know there's a little trouble in paradise here which there's a lot of trouble in paradise Yeah, but i'm just talking about the uh, media side of this which is, yeah. you know, the filling time uh, gang is going to get mowed under by the, you know, uh, by the podcast gang. Yeah, or something. Yeah, 
or the company. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Watching, I, I mean, I I enjoyed Rachel Maddow for about four episodes, and then I decided you could take you could record yesterday's show, and then play it over her face today. It's the same thing. I mean, it's it's like you know, it's like you could dub it. What onto was that? The Dark Side thing. of the Moon. You could play over uh, two thousand and one. Yeah, right, right, uh-huh. right. Yeah, and um, uh, and and if you. If you take the Atlanta rhythm section and play them at 45, they sound like Stevie Nicks. It's that's another one. Uh, that's not anyway. True. Oh, it is true. It is true. What what is the Atlanta rhythm section song? I'm trying to remember, but um, they had one hit. I forget what it was. But, but t- take the 33 on your turntable if you still have one played at 45. And oh yeah, I have one of those. There's Stevie not. Nicks. Yeah, <laughs> I I do, and it's in a box, and it's in the basement. You know. And, so anyway, that um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the time filling thing is 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 on its way out. And um, well, I, you know, you you, know. you have been accused mostly by me of being uh, over optimistic. So, oh, yeah, no, I am. Out. Yeah. What do you mean? Why is it well, on its way out? Uh, because I think people value their time more than they value being well, I don't even know sure if, sure if it's being entertained. I mean, what is that? It's a, I mean, I can, I'm going to go in here. Okay. I'm going to go into the kitchen right now. I'm going to turn on my iPad, which is my TV. Just make and, sure um, that there's no uh, copyrighted music because then we can't. No, no, I wouldn't do any copyrighted music. I'll go to CNN or better yet, MSNBC. Let's see, I'll go to MSNBC. I'll go to, I'll actually watch. I mean, I could do this. I, we have a TV. It's a dish TV in California at our house in Santa Barbara. But it's something called Dish Anywhere, which lets you watch that TV itself. The TV has a server in it, and it will relay Dish over the internet, and it, in, in HD, and it looks great. It's fine. I can watch it anywhere, and um, and I, I will guarantee that what'll be on MSNBC is either ads or something about Trump. That's what it's going to be. That is going to be all Trump all the time. That's what it's about. That's the whole thing. That's the right. Guy. Right now it's an ad, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an ad. Let me see. Right. But, okay. Nobody. Turn it down here. Um, so, yeah, the antidote for that I use is to turn the mute button on. Well, this doesn't have a mute button because I'm using an external speaker that comes without the mute. You just turn it up or turn it down. Um, Let's go back to Warwick. That's where officers. Let's see here. Oh, fuck it. Um, oh, there we go. Now my favorites. They kind of, you have to declare favorites. None of these things are my favorite. MTP Daily. That's the MSNBC right now. Right, Chuck Todd. Watch an iPad. Drug paraphernalia found. Oh, that's A&E. It's a different channel. I have to get rid of that channel. It, it buffers the former channel and goes to the next one. Yep. It's an ad. Right. Now it's back. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a it's a sprint ad. Border crisis. All right. So yeah. your point? My, oh, my my point. Is, oh yeah. There we go. Yeah. So it's the border crisis. The border crisis. That's what it is. You know, and that's what this is. It's it's filler. We're going to talk about the border crisis. Then we'll talk about the dividing line. That's the next thing. You know, and and both of those things are of course about. Trump in its own way. And Trump has driven those. He's made those Right, but I'm not talking about happen. Trump here. What I'm okay. talking about here is uh, 
Oh, it's filler. It's filler. And, and okay, the thing is, is that, it, why is it going to go away? Because people value their time. I mean, but, but how, time, is it, how are these networks going to get paid? I don't, I just, I would, some things will work and some things won't. I don't know. I mean, oh, it, what were the things that will work? I think what'll work is subscriptions. I, and I think that, that that's the, that's the next one of the coming crises are, is peak subscription. I think a lot of us, especially in the middle class are already there, but um, I don't have a clear enough read on it. I don't think it's clear enough to anybody, which is how much are you willing to pay in order to stay connected to the networked world? And there's your home internet bill, there's your cable TV bill, there's your um, subscriptions to all your newspapers and magazines, if you have any. Um, there's, there's whatever you pay for online. There's your, there's your Spotify or your Pandora, if you bother to subscribe to those. You, you and I both have Sirius. Um, uh, and, and those things add up. And at some point, you know, especially if things get tight, you start looking at these and say, do, do I really need Apple Music if, I already, if I'm already subscribing to Pandora or is it the other way around? I mean, at some point we're going to start, you know, if everybody's charging 10 bucks, you know, you've got your Netflix, you've got your Amazon Prime, you've got your Hulu, you've got all of right, these things. That, that's where the bundling starts. That's the bundling. And they're, they're all bundled right now to some degree. I think that what the listener or viewer or the human wants, the customer wants, is actually to have it unbundled as much as possible. And, and those are going to be at odds with each other and, and gradually reconcile, but uh, in different ways, because I think over time we are, the, the way that we solve most market problems is having more and more agency on the individual side. And um, we got that with browsers, we got it with the internet, we got it with the web, we don't have it yet with, um, with uh, chat exactly, though we're dealing with it. You know, it's, it's, you know, we never standardized chat. We did standardize email, but yeah, I mean, you've probably seen this with Skype. I mean, you and I are both using Skype. You use Skype for the Gilmore gang. There are so many people I know. Oh no, you can't use Skype anymore. You have to use Zoom. No, oh, no, we're only doing our meetings on Zoom. We hate Skype now. Why? If you want to have a meeting where everybody's seeing each other, um, uh, Zoom is like a hot thing right now. There's a, there's, but there's also go to meeting. There's, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of, yeah, yeah, the free conference call. There's just a whole bunch of them, and and they all use different codecs, and they all are incompatible with each other. They all record a different way, uh, and in a different format, and stick the phone, you know, the recordings in a different place, and um, they all have different UIs. There's no common experience among them. And that's because the standards were never there uh, or the standards are there, but there's no agreement among them. Uh, and, but I think at some point we will have a single standard common way to do a subscription and to change one, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, I just moved. Um, I need to let everybody know that I now live over here. And um and you just do it once for everybody because you're using standard tools. I think in the long run, we get those. And there's going to be a way that we can look at a single tool that shows that much like a spreadsheet works, but with less, that's less raw than that. That's a little bit more like throw your household expenses in here, all of them. Um, all your receipts go in here. Scan every receipt you've got. There's intelligence in here. It'll sort them out. That's groceries. Um, these itemized things on this uh, on this one. Uh, I went to Costco. I bought office supplies and I bought food. Uh, the food is not expensive. The office supplies are. We're going to sort those out. And 
and once once that gets handled and standardized, people are going to start looking at their recurring expenses on a monthly basis and decide, you know what, I don't want Showtime, I do want HBO, I do want Netflix, I don't want Amazon Prime, yeah, I do start, want Hulu. I mean, this is the this, this is will the, happen. This is the binge viewing model, which is you know I've noticed this with my daughter, uh, which is you know basically her fundamental algorithm, if you will, is. Uh, I mean, she used to be a huge fan of uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah. And, and but she, you know, her senior year, she got caught up in you know college applications and you know just the craziness of just too much to do and not enough time to do it. And yeah. so, you know, Tina and I watched the show, although I find it uh, depressing. But I still, <laughs> you know, that kind of show, it, it's pretty pretty well done. And uh, eventually, she just started to lose track of it uh, because, you know, we weren't all watching it together. Right. And, and then I'd say, well, you know, can we delete this? You know, what? And there, I could see the moment when she realized, you know, it's basically she went to Netflix with it. It's like, yeah, it'll mm -hmm. be there. It, yeah. it may take six months, but I, I don't have six months right now to do this anyway. And, and that, I think, is where the streaming uh, evolution or whatever it is that's going on there uh, mm -hmm. is, is housed there. there. This is the political power of uh, this sort of uh, acquiescence to uh, not enough time followed by yeah. the political action committees that result from, uh, you know, real-time groups forming. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true, and and I think this. I mean, I think that happens to all of us in different ways. We just have our own kind of quiet algorithms, our own, our own. I think it, um, I think Don Marty talks about this. How um, all of us are actually competent economists around our time. We do. We make mistakes. We rationalize. We do other things, but but we have. We have ways of optimizing how we spend our time, and we, and especially when you know you go into school, you've got a job. There are only so many hours left in the night um, or in the morning. What are you going to do with that time if it's not filled with you know if it's not work or if it's not family obligations or some other thing like that? And um, you know somehow, I mean, this is an this is an interesting thing to me. I mean, I'm I am very impressed that. Starting in the 1930s, everybody, when they got into tele into radio, sat around the TV, the big wood wooden I mean TV rather radio, the big wooden radio, and listened to serials on the RCA on the, on the NBC Blue and Red networks, that later became you know F Fred Allen and and um, you know and Dave Garraway and others on TV they kind of the whole thing moved to TV but we had prime time and prime time in the evening was was family time and it was time to play music on the on the parlor piano and it was time to hang out on porches with your neighbors and you know or come back from working in the fields and doing something in the house but then but broadcast media took over that time and and now that we've moved that time to other glowing rectangles that are no longer television as we knew it, though it's retained a lot of the sources and formats. But, but 
a lot of people that we know, including to some degree, it sounds like you do in your household a little bit at least, you know, want to go and watch shows in the evening. I, I, I haven't done that since I was sent away to high school in the 1960s. So I never had that habit and I don't identify with it, but I know what happens. I know there are shows people have to see. And, and I, and, and it's still true. I mean, I think that there are people who prioritize sitting down with the family or with each other or alone and watching a movie or a show or a set or a series in an evening or a series of them, many of them. Um, and that's interesting to me that that, that seems to be for almost a hundred years. I mean, like 90, 80, 90 years, a feature of civilized life, not just American life. This happens in, in countries all over around the world. I mean, it is sit and watch a glowing rectangle in the evening. And that's, you know, but to get back to what we were talking about earlier, there, there's a cost, there's going to be a cost to that. I mean, it used to be, you put an antenna on your roof and you had a choice of three streams or two streams or one stream, depending on where you lived. And, and now there are a choice of many and you don't need antenna for them. And that's, that retains some of the norms of the 80 year long broadcast era in, in terms of how we spend our time, but includes new norms about how we do the economics of paying for it. And we haven't figured those out yet. Well, one of the things about this uh, platform that we're using right now, this uh, anchor platform yeah. is, you know, once we got past uh, operator error, mostly on my part, uh, we actually got it working and uh, uh, I mean it's pretty much uh, damn it it's alright yeah you know what I mean and it, yeah. it feels to me like the old podcast back in the day it is I think it is like that and, and now is it going to is it going to produce uh, you know a, a standard format file that they can an mp3 or something or I, I think the it, standard format is the you know ear yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I, I mean, one thing I'm wondering is, if you wanted to take this file that we're producing right now, and, you know, out of Anchor's silo, and I'm guessing they have a silo. I don't know really. Um, well, the answer they, is yes. You, in fact, you the, can do I'm that. Only, this is the second one I've done. The first okay. one I downloaded it to GarageBand. Edited, edited, oh well, then you're then there you go then and, yeah then it's and they even have a thing to be able to distribute it to all the different oh, that's good okay for, good, good good for them that's excellent. so I, I don't know how this is going to shake out but yeah I, what i do think is uh that uh there's some i mean you know to me the 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 exhilarating moment uh, of podcasting was when Adam Curry, who uh, uh, was the single funniest person to be able to say the word fuck uh, on the radio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that was the inspiration for podcasting, you know? It really was. I, there was I have, this... I still have on my computer all of his old podcasts. Yeah. And whatever they were called, they're still there. I don't even know if he's still doing it. I think he is, and from what I can see from the tweets, uh, you know, he and uh, Dvorak are off in this uh, massive conspiracy, uh, uh, you know, tracking, uh, hmm. which I'm sure is either all true or all not true. But it, uh, oh, really? They're conspiracy? 
freaks? Buffs. I think they're buffs buff slash yeah. creators. But in any yeah. case, uh, that original uh, inspiration for this uh, was, you know, we all had a sort of excited uh, feeling about that, but underlying it is this sense of, is this going to be something that combines this feeling of freedom with the feeling of uh, pragmatic affected, uh, you know, consumption. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, will. and I think what you, I think it will. About. I think, I think it's clear. I think it will. I think, I mean, I mean, when I first saw, I mean, when, I don't know if you remember, but on my old blog, which is almost back online now, um, uh, I think it was September 24th of, um, I think, oh, three or something, uh, one of those years. Um, I, I noted that if you search for podcast or podcasting, you got 24 results on Google at that time. And God, what would it be now? You know, how many, how many point X billion probably at this point? Um, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And um, the, the question is, you know, just exactly how it normalizes. And, um, you know, all, all of the, everybody who's in broadcasting has to have a podcast now. I mean, they just pretty much have to. Right. If, and I if, you, like if you're going to bother with it, that's what you got to do. I kind of yeah. like the way that they're sort of fractioning it off into, uh, you know, here's, here's our show. And then here's this yeah. other thing that we're doing with a different name, but it's really our show part two yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's, 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 i'm not going to listen to either of them but it's still interesting well something i would love um i mean i there are people who i wanted to podcast and unfortunately that I've, i loved in the past and unfortunately they're dying off i mean uh, uh, joe frank was just amazing in his stories and narratives and he died a few months ago, which had surprised me. I didn't think he was that old. And maybe he wasn't, but he did. And another was Larry Josephson, who was ill. And um, he was, was on he WB. On BAI? He was on BAI. He did a morning show on BAI. And to me, he was like the... I, I give Howard Stern enormous credit for, for doing what he did and still does. There's nobody... He has no equals as a, as a creator of comedy every day on the radio i think he's amazing but um but larry was before that and larry was funny and larry was great to listen to and he was much more intellectually engaging i mean it was, it was during the vietnam war you know and it was during you know all of the crises in the 60s and and early 70s and he was just fantastic he was just great and so you know, I, smart i had a i had and, a thought about this the other day which uh, kind of syncs up with to me, uh, you know, the, the, the thing about the 60s, and, and maybe later, but the thing was is that no matter how absolutely outrageously bad things were, there were people around who gave you relief from it. Yes. And those yeah, are the yeah. people that we remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and where are they right now? I mean, you talked about Larry Miller. Uh, he's probably in yeah. Vegas. I mean, you know, probably. those channels have sort of calcified. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I wonder, I, I wonder where that's going to come from. 
Yeah, I mean, or they're dead. Yeah, I'm not talking George. about the. You know, there are people who are, you know, just being born who are very funny. I'm sure. Oh, they're always they're just incredibly funny people. Um, but I was thinking of George Carlin. I mean, to me, one of the things uh, his daughter, I think it was, posted a tweet saying it's been ten years since he died, and um, and I and I thought, you know, and I tweeted something about it that. What made him so great is that he's timeless. The shit that he talked about holds up, really holds up. I mean, it's scary how well it holds up. I mean, it's it's because it makes one despair that we'll ever get out of the pickles that we're in because, you know, 10 years have gone by and, you know, the rich people still own it all and your political power is zero and, or close to it. I mean, that was one that I saw the, uh, earlier today. Uh, uh, he's great. I mean, there's, there's a Carlin channel on Sirius, and it's good. You know, I mean, it, you, you, sooner or later you'll hear the entire oeuvre, but it's 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 damn good. He was great. Um, and I'm not so sure, for example, that others I loved, you know, like like uh, um, Robin Williams. Um, I think his humor was topical at the time, and it was of its moment, but I don't think it's quite as durable as George Carlin's was, and, and maybe even as true of Richard Pryor, though I think his probably holds up pretty well. Prior, I think. Uh, is I think his one. holds up. Yeah, I think his holds up. Um, but you know, in, in part because the shit we're, de- we're dealing with, a lot of it's very human shit. You know. Yeah. What the What do you do as a life as a drug addict? You know, and and uh, having awful parents and a hard hard home life, and you know, um, you know, he was brilliant. He was really brilliant. But the. But but you're right. I mean, there were people that brought relief, and I think that there was, you know, relief in the music of the time. But I think there's a similar relief in the music now. It's just not my music. I mean, I I, I try really hard to fully wrap my head around rap. For example, it's hard. It's really hard for me. You know, I I mean, it's not. It's just because it's not my culture. I I try to understand it. I try to appreciate it. I. Um, that there's a guy that triple X, whatever it was that was killed the other day. Mm-hmm. Damn it. He, he could sing. That guy could sing. He was really good. He was really good. He was a good singer. Um, and, and not just a rapper, but now he's gone. And, but that's, I think there's McCartney. A lot was, to that. There was an interview with McCartney, uh, uh, the other day where he talked about, uh, he did some, sort of got together because uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's married to Kim Kardashian. Uh, oh, is, is, that, is that the basketball player? No. Uh, no, he's a rap uh, star. I, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, whatever his name is. Kanye? Kanye yeah, West? Yeah, that's it. Kanye yeah. West. And uh, uh, Kanye West like called up and said, Hey, let's do something. And, uh, so, uh, they did something and then, uh, I mean, it sort of emerged out of them hanging out for two or three hours. Uh, and there was this one song in particular that a whole bunch of other people sort of got involved in. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it turned out that somebody wrote the middle eight, uh, you know, and all sorts of sort of uh, networking that was going on, and and then McCartney sees the record that when it was released, and 
uh, one of the people who is credited as a co-writer is Kendrick Lamar. Oh, really? Yeah, and he says, you know, McCartney says, oh, this is so cool. You know, I, I, I worked with Kendrick Lamar. I didn't even know it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but wow. Kendrick Lamar, uh, you know, uh, I didn't know who he was. And uh, I have the same kind of uh, yeah. feeling yeah, about, me too. about that kind of music. Uh, and saying even saying that kind of music is you know absurd because it's ignorant on my part. But the uh, uh, I, I saw a live concert he did in, in Central Park uh, on TV one afternoon, and it was mesmerizing. I mm. didn't, I didn't know what he was doing, uh, but you know he knew what he was doing, and it it mm. was just sort of symphonic and funk. And just a whole bunch of stuff, all together. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it was really exhilarating. Well, I think that's you know, I think that's actually the best way to appreciate something like that is where, you know, and and, and, and actually, you know, what made that possible is that you weren't in the echo chamber of your own serious channels and normal. Um, sources of entertainment exactly i mean and and, you you had to be out of yourself in order to do that and i think that's a big advantage you know that 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 um that you can that's the serendipity of life you know that allows that to happen rather than you know i mean i I think i think the echo chamberishness of a lot of the way you know it's part of the podcasting movement it's the other movements that are related to it they're they're similar you know that we we tend to I mean, there's a word for it is homophily. We tend to hang out with our own kind, whatever that is, or just with things that we're habitually associated with or uh, are most comfortable to our habits. And um, nothing wrong with that. It's just that we tend not to be exposed as much to stuff that we might appreciate or ought to appreciate but isn't part of our What you were telling about the the three different things for for storytelling or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That that is where... uh, this kind of, I mean, I find myself uh, incredibly frustrated with, you know, you've already covered uh, one of them, which is Rachel Maddow, but, but you know, even uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, who I have enormous respect for both of them, but uh, they just somehow, they sometimes, most of the time, they see their job as playing a certain role. And yeah. it's, it's like this thing with uh, the jacket uh, that the first lady wore. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I watched her, uh, you know, come into that place and sit there and and ask questions and listen, and I was heartened by it. Yeah, and then and, and again, and they're busting her for the jacket, which and, and they do yeah. this jacket bullshit. It's just, you know, this is the weakness of the the Democrats is is they don't know when to just shut up and listen. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, I, I saw the jacket and I thought, first of all, I don't know if that's true. I just don't know if it's true. I don't, I don't know if that's an accurate. It may if well that's be, actually the jacket God, she wore. And if it is the jacket she wore, was it a mistake? And I went out of my way not to care. I didn't want to add to the like, exactly. oh, geez, let's all, let's all heap shit on this poor woman because she's, she's got an insincere or ironic jacket because we hate Trump. You know, it only plays into his hands. Anyway, and it's pointless. It's just, it's not helpful. It doesn't help anything. And, you know, if you, if you believe the world's going to hell in a handbasket, find some other thing to complain about, you know, really. And, yeah, there's and, plenty. There's plenty to complain about. 
Right. There really is. It's a, you know. All right. Well, uh, that, that's a nice, nice optimistic uh, place to leave this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where you're at, but I'm, I'm at a point where I, uh, India is calling and I've got some te- text backed up that I haven't looked at. Well, I thought I this was uh, to enormously, uh, enormously interesting and rewarding. And I appreciate uh, that. We yeah, have- I do too. I hope it got recorded. <laughs> well, we're at 71 minutes, including no like two or three minutes of a false start. And I think that it stops recording at 60, but uh, I have a feeling that the gods are with us. So I'm going to yeah. get off and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. This has been another edition of Attention Deficit Theater. 